Welcome to the Andrew D'Angelo podcast. Constant Constance. Each week, Andrew, renowned jazz saxophonist and brain cancer survivor, invites us to look at the many worlds of his guests with conversations that cover all the arts, human resilience, a little bit of politics, and a lot of humour. You can't fail to have a fantastic time. Haha, <laughs> look at you, man. Hey, what's up, beautiful? Um, it sounds absolutely great. I see you've got your love on, on your right-hand side. My what? Your lover on the right-hand side. Of this? Yeah. Yes. It's my lover. I could, yeah, I mean, when I think of you, I see you hugging that as if it was the most precious thing in your life. <laughs> Thank you. I know a friend of mine who's big fancy audio engineer, he's like, you're not going to have the microphone in your shot, are you? I was like, yeah, it's my lover right there, right? Yep, absolutely. It's, it's gorgeous. <laughs> Thank you. Man, Nikki, Thank you so much for being here. I love you. And for everybody, uh, this is the first time Nikki and I have ever spoken to each other. I mean, at least with our mouths. <laughs> and uh, I have been on stage in front of tens of thousands of people. I am so nervous that, uh, but uh, just thank you. And being in your presence, even if virtually, is just absolutely amazing. So I really appreciate you taking your time to be here. Thank you. Uh I'm, I, I have that in my, in my stomach, but it's excitement. <laughs> you, know, you know, isn't it like going on stage when you meet brothers? When you meet, when you meet like this, it's like going on stage. I don't know about, well, I know with me, uh, I mean, I've also stood before 2,000 people, you know, and... Uh, uh, there is just this energy of excitement, like a child before Christmas, you know. And uh, in the early days, it used to feel like uh, uh, yeah, nerves, uh, fear, but it wasn't fear, I realised. It was excitement, expectation, you know, because, it's, because it was important to me. It must be the same for you, Will, going on stage. Um, yeah, I had this uh, one student ask me, you know, Mr. D'Angelo, do you still get nervous going on stage? And I'm like, yeah, because it's it's not nervous. You're Like you said, you're excited. It's not about being nervous. It's that you get to go out and share this energy, you know, with everybody and exchange, you know, information and just ideas and like I said well energy I, I feel so strange talking about this to you <laughs> you're, you're such a master you know it's just uh anyway excuse my my nervousness but anyway it is what it is okay yeah yeah well uh, you know it's um uh, being human <laughs> we're all equal absolutely you know and so it is I mean we could be, well, I'm going to pretend, because I love pretending, it's the beginning of our truth. 
because as kids, we pretended we wanted something, we pretended, and it was real. But I'm going to pretend you and I are sitting in front of a cosy fire, although it's summer here, I don't need a fire, um, you know, with a mug of something we like, <laughs> and uh, just chatting in, the, in these comfortable armchair. <laughs> salute, sir. Salute. Yeah, um, salute. You know, I was thinking about that because you speak to this. And by the way, if you don't mind, if I can just give a, a quick uh, assume that people who are going to see this are people who are walking in a different doorway into yeah. who, who Nikki, you know, the professor of happiness is so they're not people maybe who know you or maybe they they've heard me talk about you but so one thing that you talk about is when we were kids and we'd play we'd have pretend friends or we'd read the what's that is it the hobbit what's that one where you go in the closet i can't remember the name of that book all of a sudden but uh that series and you know we would play with our pretend friends which in some cases for me they they were real and or pretend I used to put on concerts for people when I was yeah. a kid. I would just stand in my room and I'd be like, doo, 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 you know, and play a concert yeah. for, you know, people. And I'm like 12 or 14, whatever I was. But that's sort of what you talk about quite often. Yeah. 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 Because I believe that, uh, you know, what eventually humanity will come to is back to their innocence. And uh, it's in our innocence in those days of two years old when we knew nothing. Right. And it didn't, and it didn't matter. Hmm. And it didn't matter, you know. Uh, where we knew nothing was where we were most in tune with the world, you know, and, and ourselves. The only thing, the only difference is that we didn't know that we knew. <laughs> and so we forgot. Right. By all, all the stories that were implanted out there into our psyche, uh, and we had to l learn. But uh, what what's happening is uh, that people are being pressured more and more to realise that what was out there pressuring you is not important anymore. It's not. It it doesn't have the power to make you happy. Nothing out there of itself can make you happy. But what makes you happy is when you were a child, you know, and uh, there was a looking forward to, there was a being drawn into, you know, curiosity. You didn't know whether something was hot or cold. It was something to act on and experience with. And it's getting back to that. So it's like, Moving from innocence uh, to an inner sense. The difference between me in happiness and a child who doesn't know that they know is that I now know that I know. But it's the same humanness that's coming out. I'm stepping back into my innocence of being, which is an energetic that makes us feel whole. It's like 
I'll say for me, when I go on stage or go to talk to a group, I'm excited. But once I start, I lose sense of time. Same. I lose I, sense I lose of I lose sense of everything in those situations. Yeah. I just you lose sense of others in a self-conscious way. Hmm. You, there's just a doing and a being. And uh, when you're after, even though you may have put in a lot of energy into it, when you're finished, people say, "Aren't you tired?" No, you're invigorated. Right. You're alive. <laughs> you, you, you're alive. Yes. <laughs> Because your energy is being flowing. Uh, the natural energy from within you is being flowing. And the natural energy that's out there is being flowing towards you. And there's, there's just this. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Thank just you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. There, um, there's uh, a few things that once I discovered your can I call it your work? Or if you want to describe it some other way, I call, I'll just say your work. And you were having people put their hand over their heart and mm -hmm. say, thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you, I love you, I love you. I'm going to start crying. And that was not easy. That's a small gesture, man. But I'm sitting here on my, on my armchair, as you said, you know, looking at one of your posts and going, I can... I'm sorry, Nikki, I cuss a little bit, so I apologize if that offends you, but it's just too hard. Oh, no, no. Okay. Don't worry. So I was, I was like, I could put my fucking hand on my heart and say, I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I did it, and it was so hard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because you're talking about loving yourself. Yeah. Not about saying I love you to, <laughs> your, to your spouse, by the way, Glenn, who I don't know her, but she just seems amazing. Or like your girlfriend or boyfriend or parents or brother or sister or friend, you're trying, you're doing it to say to yourself, mm. as I yeah. understand. And when I did it for the first, actually for the first several months, and I was trying, I was talking to my friends and clients, like we have to do this. It's it's so powerful, and they're like, well, I can't love myself. It's not easy for everybody, you know. It's the hardest thing. Why is that? Yeah. Because we have been so downtrodden. We've been, you know, we've been told that everything's, you know, the answers are out there and that you are, you have no value. This two-year-old who was so innocent and so uh, uh, expectant and joyous was not allowed to be that just for its own sake, just because that child was who it was, it had to be in a certain way. And uh, even the people who told you what to be didn't really know themselves. <coughs> They're projecting out onto you what you should be because they were feeling that unloveness. And so we begin to catch that. We begin to catch that of unworthiness or unnaturalness. To be human was to be something well it's like the beast <laughs> the beast rather than the god <laughs> the beast in you and so most people don't feel they deserve to be loved although they want it hey, and it's beautiful yeah and to feel love you have to feel that love for yourself even for a moment 
And that high hand on heart after a while gives you that moment to take a breath and move from the head to the heart. Um, I, you don't have to do this. And by the way, since we're pre-recording, I can edit. Would you like to take mm. a moment and just do, do your gesture for people and show them what you're talking about? Or was it enough what I did? Did I do an okay job? Uh, yeah, you know what you did because it, it can be slightly different position, but it is that feeling in the upper chest, just above the heart, both hands or one hand, both hands there, just stopping for a moment and taking a breath to breathe in and breathe out and just feel that touch on your heart. And there's a softening. If you're not used to being loved <laughs> like that, then it, it's hard to feel a softening. But if you keep doing every time you choose to make that before you get caught in your negativity or whatever it is, your mind, whatever's happening, uh, it, you take a breath. And there's a softening because naturally, if you look at the child, the way it breathes, it's slow, gentle, and deep. We could do it with the breath. You can go to the breath and just say, I mean, uh, sit, close your eyes, and just say to yourself, it breathes me. And watch the breath going in and out. Don't make it less or more. Just watch the breath. When you say... And immediately as you watch it, it begins to go slower, gentler, and deeper. And we just keep following the breath because it's like wanting to go back to the baby or to the young one who breathes freely. When you breathe freely, you laugh. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't want to... Go into meditation oh. and fall asleep on you. Sorry. No, no, sorry, sorry. No. Um, well, but it's, um, and I'm admitting something to my fans and friends here that, you know, I know you had your own story with cancer. And if you want to go into that, we, you and I have gone yeah, back and forth a little bit is, you know, I went to see a healer when I had brain cancer and it was a gentleman in New York who's also been on the pod podcast, Peter Roth, who's, who's going on 80 now, and he's a beautiful man. And he, the first thing he said to me in our first session was, oh, yeah, you don't love yourself. You need to learn to love yourself. And I was like, oh, what are you talking about? You know, and then but then I, you know, through exercises, everybody has their modalities. And he had me doing some things and looking at my childhood self and my teenage self, my 20-something, 30-something self. And I was like, oh, man, boy, did I hate myself. Mm. And if nothing, uh, sabotage and uh, abusive behavior towards my own life. And, you know, so it's it was learning to love myself was one of the I, – I, and people say, well, that's egotistical. I mean, maybe you could clarify that. Like – you know, like when we look at Prince or Mariah Carey or uh, Jay-Z or, you know, these people that are famous and like, man, I love myself. We're not talking about <laughs> the ego here, correct? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Or, or I mean, you you clarify it. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Or, no, no, or, no. Yeah. Uh, well, it is because there's so many stories we're told. You know, one one of which is to to be oriented towards yourself as narcissistic, and and uh, uh, it, it's it's not the way you find love. Um, well, I've you, you know, it's like anything in extreme. Uh, there are, being human and be having minds, the mind always wants to separate and has to separate. We've got to understand anything mentally. We have to make a distinction between that. So your light's on, and we don't understand light on if we didn't have the concept light off. <laughs> they go together, light on, light off. They're two sides of the same story, right? Right. To love self, to love others are two sides of the same story. Yeah. And people say, well, you've got to be loving to others. First of all, what is love? It's not this airy, fairy, uh, um, you know, angel dust and uh, fairies and so on and hearts. It's not romantic love, which is a passion and emotion and uh, attachment. Uh, it's something more than that. It's something that goes beyond that. So it's very hard to say, well, to love myself, what does that mean? Do I stroke myself, you know, give myself <laughs> good, good, good things to do? <laughs> yeah. Good things to do. Is that loving myself? Well, it right. depends. It depends. Right. It depends. Yeah, it, it depends. Those those are dependent. They're part of the contrast. You overdo it, and that's a weakness. <laughs> but for me, sitting here talking to you, and I'm, I feel like I'm going to have to edit my my blurry eyes because I'm just so filled with well, joy. Well, I just to you. say that tears tears are the sign of love. Huh. Even even sadness. Even our sadness, you know, but tears of joy. And for men, it's hard to realize, you know, I've got to have a reason for it. Yeah, the reason is that your body is now experiencing the worth of yourself. And it's, it, it, it's, it's awe-inspiring. Um, okay, you are just the most amazing soul and I thank you. I, I'm. I mean, I've been a staunch homosexual man for 35, 30 years, whatever. So I don't have any trouble showing my emotions. But it would when in moments like this, where I, I get the chance to be honored with the presence of somebody who I have so much respect for, and am able to sort of connect with this particular. Like you said, essence. I would like you to explain what essence means. I know. I think I know what it means. Or energy, and the resonation, the vibration, and then the, my eyes keep watering. But it's yeah. just, um, it's it's well, really, uh, it's beautiful. It's. I feel like I'm at on the ocean or in the mountains or just looking at some beautiful scenery and just going, "This is too beautiful to be true." That's how I feel right now. Well, let me say something that might sound egotistical, and we know it's not, but, uh, and I think if the listeners tune in. Eh, they, go for it. 
<laughs> they, they will know. But you see, I love you. I love you. And you know I love you. Yeah. And that's what you feel, not my love, but your own. Because if you can feel for me, it must be within you. And it's not mine, it's yours. And you are feeling the immense love that you are. And it's inexpressible that he has come. And we can't believe it's true. We can't believe that we deserve or we are of that energy. We'll call it an energy. But as you go deeper and deeper, it gets more and more subtle and more and more pervasive. So that in the end, as you and I are speaking, I can't tell much difference between you and I. Because I see the beautiful soul in you. And to have done to do that, I had to know it in myself. You see, it works. It works both ways. So for me, I'm saying it behooves everyone to find their happiness. And the happiness is not in things, although the things may uh, uh, be uh, part of it, but they're in the feeling. They're coming to heart, hand on heart, the breath and being able to sit and watch people, watch people grow, watch people in pain and love them without being able to do anything, feeling helpless about being able to help them, but still loving them because you know they are something much, much more than just a physical form. Um, Their love, their presence of love, which are learning to express itself. I hope everybody is listening to what Nikki is saying and literally taking it to heart. And I'm going to, I'm going to jump into guest show or talk show host for a minute and just say that, you know, when we were kids and I don't remember when I was a little baby, but I can remember my mom would just nurture me and she would hold me and just say, I love you, son. She'd sing me a song or read me a story. And then you become a teenager and it's like, don't do that. Don't do that. Get out of there. You've got to be home at, you know, 10 o'clock or whatever it was, or, and then you're in your 20s, like you're irresponsible and you got to get a job. And then you're in your 30s and they're like, eh. And then you're in your 40s and they go back. And it's like we almost get, I mean, the word I used to help people understand is we get programmed out of understanding this nurtured nature that we had when we were so young, where it was just all love. There was no other, there was nothing else. When no. you're a baby, I mean, obviously there are some drastic situations where, you know, there's, stuff happening that we don't want to hear about (coughs) in general you know we're just giving our children love and then all of a sudden we start kind of yelling at them and then maybe it gets even weirder you know you start dating the wrong person and then all of a sudden you're 40 and you're you have cancer and you're like oh geez i don't really like who i am and i gotta look at that you know and again if you want to talk about your experience i'm 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 very well known for my brain cancer story but and if you want to like tie in your because I love this is Nick one of Nikki's books yeah and uh I love the forward or the dedication to your wife Glenn mm-hmm. and do you remember it by any chance or should I no I'm not not immediately no uh you say something to the fact that Glenn your wife and partner 
allowed mm. you to take your own path and not let her own fears about your safety, you know, control what was going to be your destiny, whether you lived from cancer or died. And I don't know what that means. Cause I, to be honest, I bought this for a friend. And so I've been keeping it pristine and uh, my friend is, she's not ready. She's very sick. And I was like, this is the perfect thing for you. And she's just not quite ready for this kind of feeling. She wants antibiotics and doctors and things like that. So are you yeah. going to look at it? You're going to read it? I'm just, I just picked it up because I wanted to know the, <laughs> all there is is about, what was it? Um, in one of the chapters, about halfway through the book, there is a, the story of my journey. And it's only a few pages long. It takes you about 10 minutes to read it. That's the story, the story, because uh, my journey was uh, with cancer was a, uh, quite a bit different than most uh, because it was, in the end, I found out that it, the, the cancer was part of showing me the efficacy of the method I'm talking about in that book, right? Uh, or the, the, uh, one of the things it did by following that method of healing. Uh, so the cancer was only a small part of it. Um, but basically, it is, uh, um, it was faith. And faith not as a blind faith in uh, uh, sort of the hope that some being was going to save me. Like swoop down and save you from that. Save you, although if somebody believes it strong enough, the placebo effect is so, so powerful. Hmm. In in uh, in healing, that it's totally undervalued. But uh, but I was being shown how there was a, there's an energetic relationship between what's in my field, in my auric field, or if you like, the field of the energy of who I am, because we're not just a physical body, and we're not just physical uh, frequencies but we're made up of emotional and mental and uh, other frequencies. Um, and there's a whole range of frequencies that constitute who we are. There's a field of you. We know because you, 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 uh, you can stand in relation to others and pick things up and you're not physically anywhere near them. You can pick them up from across the room. What's that? You're in the field of energy, right? And those energies are interacting. So we have this field of energy and we have, it's like the blueprint of the perfect human is out there in our field. And people call it the junk DNA, the morphogenic field, the scientists call it. Uh, uh, and there is uh, this light, light packets is the best way to describe it but they're frequencies that are available. And that if you do go through certain actions, you can actually call in the frequencies that are missing in you. So what do you mean, Nikki, what do you mean by call in the frequencies? Can you help like, uh, folks understand what that means? Well, yeah, yeah, because call in is not, you can't do it through mind because our mind doesn't know. Right. It knows very little. We only know what we're taught and 
the conceptual stuff. But uh, in our awareness and our knowing, in our heart knowing, we know, uh, we know everything as it were. We don't know everything in a moment, but we have access to it. We have access to the frequencies that are in our field. Mm. So you've got to move from head to heart. And with heart, there's no contriving, no unconditional, uh, there's no conditional um, sorting out. It is just being open to the flow of of energy that is in our system. So is it fair for, if you don't mind me interjecting, (coughs) I mean, here, the analogy I like to use, because I realized that one of the gifts I've been giving, been given is I'm a connector. So I, I, I'm, I, I, I interact and understand and connect to people such as yourself and Peter Roth and these other, other, uh, you know, light workers and and healers and people I've met in my life. But the reality is I couldn't give your book to a one-year-old or even a six-month-year-old and say, read this, go, because I can't read it. But they might say, you know, they might touch the cover or go, this is pretty. Like they might get the energy of it, right? Mm. So Mm. I feel like as sometimes I'm not dealing with children, but there are people that are kind of like peeking in my doorway or peeking in the doorway of, you know, what's going on? What, what, what does it mean, Andrew, when you say, or you share a post from Nikki that we're moving into higher vibration, or some people say 5D, you know, yeah. sounds a little crazy to me, or what is source energy, you know, these kind of things. So I, I wonder if there's a way that we can, you know, facilitate the transition for those who are kind of like standing, you know, on the sidelines or whatever analogy you want to use. I say they're kind of peeking into the room you know, how can we either start talking about chakras and auric fields, which we understand, but some people are like, yeah, sounds like hoopy doopy new age shit, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I see it this way. I hope um, that was respectful, sir. I didn't mean to. No, no, don't, don't worry. You can say what you like. <clears throat> uh, say what you like. Cause as you said, we uh, alluded to a little bit before. It's like the music. Music is an energy, it's not an energy of mind, it's an energy of feeling, isn't mm. it? Yeah. Uh, at, at various levels of feeling. Uh, and so you can't, it, you lose the essence when you start talking about music. But you don't lose the essence when you play something for somebody. And it's the same for me, you see. I've been a, a professor of psychology at university. I've been a therapist. And all these years of my retirement, although I don't, retirement doesn't make much sense. <laughs> uh, the, these years of retirement uh, have been in a wider community, you know, a worldwide community. Uh, however, it's... There are people who come to me from all walks of life, hmm. you, you know, and spirituality, as it were, or this knowledge of self in a wider consciousness sense, comes in all sorts of shapes and sizes. And people are ready and people respond to different things. So nobody has the 
way of keying into everyone. But my faith, my faith and my experience of what I've seen in life show me time and time again that I don't have to worry about what other people need. All I need to do is share what's, uh, it, what I have with the other person, finding the highest common factor between us. And that's not a mental thing, it's a feeling thing. Hmm. So I can go, somebody comes to me in the, uh, the supermarket a little while ago, and he says to me, and I don't know him from a bar of soap, <laughs> but he says to me, uh, oh, you were at that, you were talking at that meeting. Uh, and he said, it really affected me. I didn't remember him. And then he started to tell me about uh, something he'd seen and he wanted my uh, um, opinion on it. And I didn't go into the, the, uh, the, the spiritual experience he had very much at all. I said, brother, believe in what you see and trust yourself. And he just melted. Wow. He just melted. Because all people want is to be seen. All they want is to be acknowledged. They're on a path and their life path is prescribed for them. And the doors, you talk about doors, the doors are open for everyone. It's just we have to learn to look for the open door. When everything feels closed, look for the open door. Or ask for someone to show you an open door and someone will come in your life. It, it's and interesting. show you an open door. Sorry, sir. Sorry. It's a frequency. It's responding to frequency. It's interesting because I, to share an anecdote with you, the other day I went out and my neighbor, Dorothy, who I think just turned, I think she's 80, she might have turned 81. She's super nice. And I just started chatting with her and she's chatting with me. I don't know what we were talking about, you know, just stuff, the leaves, and, you know. And I said, I got to go. And she goes, thank you for talking to me. You're the first person I've spoken to in two weeks. And I was like, oh. uh, exactly. And it just, it feels like the same kind of thing where, and I'm sorry, I, if you want to refute the comparison, but I just feel like that's what we're here that, for are those that, moments. That, that's exactly it. You yeah. see, she came face to face with an angel. Oh, well, Nikki, stop it. All right, this no, is what we call true. this the crying episode, man. It, it's true. It's true. You see, people, people don't acknowledge uh, the beauty in that exchange. But this is what this is what's going to change the world. This is what changes the world. And I see we have locked. We've had lockdown in our country. Country. And we are very fortunate because we only had one small lockdown. And I think we got 22 deaths in the whole of the whole time in New Zealand. Uh, there are, there's nothing perfect going on here. But what you see, I see all the time, and it's not just in the lockdowns before that. I don't see the troubles in the world that the newspaper said. I don't disbelieve them, but I don't see them. I just see people being kind when people need it. 
there are people being kind. And you you look to you want to go to a a a, a, a spiritual master. Look at an old lady down the street who tends her garden and spends her life in the garden. Right? Or though for me, it's the old lady down the street, Lucy, who sits in her window and you could stop and talk to her through her window. It's, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's and the same it, person or, you know, whatever you don't know. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It's, well, I mean, I could say God, don't have to, uh, but a, a little old angel, an angel, a human angel, and they're everywhere. There are uh, uh, hum- there are humans who don't believe they're angels and act like the devil, <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, Nikki, but, but so, they're only hurting. They're only hurting inside, right? So, Nikki, um, did I tell you that I used to call you Hamid? Did I already tell that story? What's that? <laughs> I used to call you Hamid, Nikki Hamid. Hamid yeah, is yeah, that what well, it is? In the East, like they use it that way. Yeah, because so, I, I speak Norwegian and some Swedish and Danish, and they would say Hamid. They wouldn't say yeah, Hamid. Yeah. Hamid. Hamid. It depends what a dialect, where you come from, and so on. Right. It sounds so, very spiritual, Hamid, man. Hamid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm glad you can have fun with that. So I asked, yeah. uh, we're going into uh, Andrew asking Nikki a few questions. Uh, because he agreed to. So when I asked on your um, Facebook page, uh, I believe it was Remember the Soul Tribe, and I want to know why you started that particular um, group. But also, one of the questions I got from Bill, I don't know if it's okay to say his full name, but his name is Bill Toomey in the case that you recognize his name. Nikki already has given me all, in that's in all caps, all the answers I was seeking, even even when I wasn't ready or wasn't seeking them, simply tell him, I love you. I love you, sir. I love you. I love you. And thank you, Bill. Thank you. Thank you, Bill. (laughs) And, but the reality is that one of the things that I notice on your, when you make a post is so many people resonate there. They say, I was just thinking about this very thing today, or, you know, this, you know, my, girlfriend and I were just talking about this last night or my husband and I were just talking about this this morning and it's like how did you know you know how do you know yeah it happens all the time I get a query you know you know what what what's the reason you yeah what are you crazy man (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. are you reading my mind (laughs) are you psychic man but it's an energy you know um we are energy. Everything is energy. It can't be created or destroyed. Just change. And we are multi. We are, we we have multi levels of this energy, and we have been so maligned as human beings. You you know our humanity. Human beings have been so put down and made to feel lesser. And we are we are. We have so much capacity for so many things. One of the things is uh, being in sync with each other. But to be in sync, we have to allow everybody their space and their place. So when I started writing on Facebook, and I've only I I mainly stay with Facebook, um, I 
I asked him right from the beginning, what do people want to hear? And I wasn't speaking to people, just people. I was speaking about the human collective because we are part of, we are connected to each other. Scientists call it entanglement. We are intimately entangled with each other right around the globe. Seven, what, seven, nearly eight billion of us are connected. We're connected by being human. Although some people <laughs> try their best to be anything but human. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so human nature uh, is to me, look at a child when it's born a baby. Every one of us has been a baby. What do we say mostly? Uh, uh, not in all families, but the, it, even outsiders looking at a baby, any baby will just say, I'm an angel. Yeah. They're so angelic and they're so beautiful in form and how they develop and every little uh, uh, change in a baby is good and guard over because it's so exquisite who we are and who we've been. And children and their innocence, you watch them play and they're so onto it. They're so present. They're so alive with whatever they're doing. And it, it, it hits you. It hits you in the heart. Because this is who you look, what you're really looking at is yourself. Every one of us has been that. That's what human beings are. That's who you are, and that's the way I start from. So when I write, I'm writing to a human collective. What does the human collective who appears to be struggling, what do they want to hear? May I, ask, right? may I interject something here? Yes, sir. Sure. Um, I've seen people interview you, and I, I, I don't always enjoy the interruptions, but I, I, I think this is important and and I have my own way of tapping into the collective and I think people need to hear you speak to this and um, but that entire break I was bawling over here so you know it, thank you for just I'm gonna call it the crying games but uh, I'm not I'm not going to do that nah. but your post today or I think it was yesterday something like that you don't have to be a genius to know that humanity is hurting hurting deeply in a state of great turmoil, fear, retrenchment, and mental and emotional crisis. Do you remember writing this post? Yeah, yeah, I did yesterday. So can you tell us a little bit? I didn't I didn't want to read the whole post because it was rather long, but I figured you could tap in. And so you know a lot of us, including mm. myself, are hurting, and especially in the U.S. with the elections and politics. That's exactly why I wrote it. It was because of the elections and what was happening, and that's what sparked me to write that because that's what I was feeling. I was feeling the human collective in it when I go to write. And so that was written especially for those who are agonizing over the elections. But I, but I guess in, in your 
your in your response to that that statement, you had a way of saying, I mean, kind of that everything's going to be okay or stop something like because this. because right, I had visions. I was I grew up in a family with uh, a father who was very much like a Taoist monk. <laughs> okay. And uh, his philosophy was certainly that, you know, uh, don't worry, son, don't get all uptight. It, nothing's permanent, you know, that kind of view. So he wouldn't focus on solving a problem. He would focus on our feeling about that problem, right? Yeah. So his point of view was very uh, sort of let go and allow. <laughs> My mother was very well read. She was a he, he, uh, she was also a politician. She stood uh, uh, for a party in New Zealand. She didn't win, but and she was on the local council. And she was uh, a rebel and a fighter. <laughs> but she was also very eclectic. They were both very well read, and I was a dyslexic, <laughs> so I read very little. Hmm. But I hear all these things, and it was free thinking, right? Uh, oh, I've forgotten where I was going with this. Where, 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 where what did you ask? <laughs> well, you, here's here's the, the the conundrum, in that um, I'm just going to go for it. And again, since these are pre-recorded, I can edit these out, so nobody's yeah. going to be embarrassed here. And I mean no disrespect, but when people hear me or my friends you know by the way some of my friends feel like i was i'm interviewing you know robert de niro here so they're like oh my god you're having nikki on your show and i'm like yeah and you know some of my friends are like all right uh i'll be interested to see what you know he has to say about this and what that is is the whole love light and peace man yeah, yeah you know yeah, right. like and like when i go on your your post and I'm like I'm fucking cranky fuck you and fuck everybody in your love light and peace right you've seen me yeah, do that yeah, so yeah. so what's the how can I mean well what, what I was going to say is uh, I got I got a vision when I was 18 years old of what life would be in the future and it was a very clear and it's always stayed with me and uh, uh, apart from the vision itself of where humanity was going, and I tell you, it's brilliant. This is what I saw, and this is ruled, if you like, or influenced what I I I do with regards to things. It gave me a chance to be distant, to go to the top of a hill and always see the light, see what's possible rather than what's impossible. So with the elections, I go to the top of the hill and I see. And I see that there's a plan working out. And nobody in human terms knows the exact plan. But it's working out and it's working out beautifully if you don't get caught up in the detail, if you don't get caught up in the individual actors, if you don't get caught up in the sides. Because with mental way, the way of controlling and manipulating and all the things that go on in that control and manipulation, that is mine. And it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Heart is going to work. But how do you come to heart when there's so much chaos and hurt going on out there? And so okay, much the, the overlying right? question. Yes, sir. 
Yes, yeah. overlying question. Yeah, right. So I feel that there's a plan, and I see every time uh, open doors. And the more this goes on in the elections with the election fraud and everything, uh, I see uh, more and more open doors. Why? Because I see both sides. Whether you call it Democrat, cat, Republican, I don't fully understand the American system, thank God. <laughs> right. None of us do. Uh, you know, <laughs> but, I, but I see things like, uh, without going into interpretation, I see uh, the Biden meetings with 300 people, which were probably conscripted to, to, be, to attend his meeting, and they're motivated by hating a man, their major motivation is their hate for somebody. And on the other side, you have 50,000 gathering, and their major motivation is love for their country. Right? Yeah. That, that, there, there are all sorts of other things going on, I understand. But that's what I see. I say hate for a man and love for your country. And immediately for me, that's a sign. That is a sign of where we're going. Because it's funny, I always believed that America's downfall was their nationalism, was their nationalism, you know, and uh, saluting the flag and all that, that stuff. And I thought that's what's holding them back. Hmm. But I've had to come full circle in my feeling and see love for your country. Yeah. It's like this movement you were talking about before, love for self and love for others, and the difficulty of loving yourself. What you have is a movement back to loving your country, loving your place, the place where you are. That is huge. That is huge. And regardless of how it plays out, the scales have already been tipped. What the scales have been tipped means that what everything has already changed. And so I guess I just have to kind of get lame for minutes yeah. and say yeah, that. Do. And, be, uh, and, and be a devil's advocate. I don't mind. No, it's not that it's, it's ah. when, when I, when I had brain cancer, uh, what I was being told by the healers that I was working with at the time that, you can't see the forest for the trees. And I said, well, I'm going to die. I mean, I had six to eight months to live in, you know, 2008. And, but, but the healer's like, you're actually going to be fine. And so I, I started to have to put on that, what do you call it? That hat, you know, uh, the positive hat. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to heal and everything's going to be all right. And my friends are like, or like maybe like Glenn, you know, like they're afraid that we're not being concerned enough for our health or something like this. Right. And yeah. everything all right? You okay? Yeah, I just took the water went down the wrong way. Okay. Um, and so I, I guess what I'm saying, I'm not being doubled advocate. I am actually saying I understand because when I was sick and the doctors were like, you have until 9 p.m. tomorrow and you're going to be dead. You know, all right. So it was six months, eight months from then. But I was like, no, I don't think I'm going to die. And, and that's not arrogance. It's just. I was being told by my guardian angels and by my oversoul family or the 
my soul tribe, whatever you want to call it. And everybody was saying, actually, you're going to be okay. But people don't want to focus on that. Folks, humans love to focus on the negative. I don't know what that is. Like bad news travels fast. Is that the word, you know, the saying? Yeah, well, I say people love to scare themselves. Hmm. They love, they want, they're looking for the, they're looking for the quick fix and they're looking for the, uh, the problem. They're looking for the door that's closed because the doors have been closed so much for them. And this is this movement from head to heart. It's going from closed door to open doors because there's always, I find with everybody I've ever counseled and worked with, there's always an open door. And if they can find the open door and I help them find it, I don't even know when I first meet them where the open door is or what. But they tell me in the end, <laughs> you know, without knowing, they tell me, and my job is to show them here's the open door and here's how you may step through that open door if you so choose. It's like kind of grab their hand and say, please come in, you know, or oh. welcome. Huh? Yeah. No. No what? I've got to be up. There's a bridge across from, if you like, lack and fear to love and safety and abundance is a bridge. And I could stand on the other side and call them over, but they might not be feel very confident about that bridge. It might be a swing bridge, you know, with a precipice. Right. Right. Yeah, a precipice. Yeah. I stand on the side that they stand on and say, here's a door. You've got to go through it. Yeah. But you can do it. You can do it. Because you're feeling this. It's so simple. However, with this, the skeptic, the skeptic wants proof. Yeah, the skeptic wants to know. Welcome to my me, life. Welcome to my yeah, life. Yeah, it is to say, tell me what the experience is like. And then I'll tell you whether I'll have it or not. We can't do that. You know, if you wanted to hear, if you want to know about the music that you play, they've got to hear it. Correct, sir. Yes. They've got to hear it. And this is it. We've got to step beyond our fear. Our fear of the unknown. The child doesn't have that fear. They step into it and experience, and then they learn, they know. And they decide whether they want to have it again or not. And if they're at a point where they can't make a choice, they pretend. And then they have the choice of the feeling because the pretending game is, is limitless. Imagination. It's imagination. We can't imagine anything that's not possible. So our imagination, open door, an open door. What is an open door? It's a choice. A choice to go to light on or stay in light off. Um, uh, what's that sound? Is somebody working in the background or what does that sound? Yeah, yeah, we've got a builder next oh, okay. door and a contract to the other side. <laughs> All right, so we're working. This is good. We're working. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'd like to do a couple of things before I finish. Can I show you my saxophone? I just want to show it to you. I'm, I'm not going to play anything. Oh, Can I'd I just show it to, to you? 
Yes, please. Okay, hold on. I have to take off my headphones and run over and grab it. Hold on. This is my uh, saxophone. It's from 1933. It's called, uh, oh, you turned off your video. It's called a New Wonder 2. It's called a New Wonder. Because the guy who built it, this guy C.G. Conn, C-O-N-N, was trying to perfect making saxophones. And so he built a New Wonder, then a New Wonder 2. And then a new Wonder 2 transitional, which is this one, which is supposed to be more high tech for 1933. What year are you from? No, uh, 1941. All right. So like 10 years after you or 10 years before you. But yeah. I love this horn. And when I was a kid, um, my parents got me my first saxophone. And my mom said she would come downstairs to wake me up for school. And I'd be sleeping in bed with my saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> So when you talk about my lover, I think this yeah. is more my lover. And well, that, been... That's what I meant. I thought that was a real sex. Oh, this? Yeah. And, and because the picture of you, uh, uh, one of the pictures on you on Facebook, you're, you're clasping it just like it was a, a teddy bear, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, do, I'm doing this, I think. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. And it, to me, it was so you. That's because my mom said she'd literally come down, wake me up for school, and I'd be laying, like, holding my saxophone, you know. Yeah. And she's I like, thought... she's like, uh-oh. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, well, you still show your love for it. It's, it's um, I'm very proud of this instrument. I mean, it's 100 years old. I just had it rebuilt. And I'm having the guy on my show, so I'm going to use that as a little transition thing. But look at that. Oh, I can I balance you. it. And I sit there and I tell it, I love you. I love you. I love you. And I talk to it. And during quarantine, there were some days I had no time to, or motivation to practice or play it. So I, I, I said, I'm sorry that I haven't been seeing you. But, you know, it's, uh, I think you got a good, huh? Yeah. What I love about that one. Now I'm seeing it, you know. I love uh, steampunk. And that is so steampunk, that sex. What's steampunk? What is that? Steampunk is a whole movement where they make things out of metal. And then, uh, you, you know, and you have clockworks and all that sort of stuff huh. on it. And or just look it up and have a look at some of the images. Yeah, I will. Uh, they're fantastic. They make... Uh, out of car parts, they make all sorts of uh, um, sculptures and stuff. Oh, I have, yeah, I have seen this. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Steam, that is so steam. Hold it up again. And, and yeah. not, only, not only this, but the guy, I mean, he's talking about, and this is going to, we're going to lose people with this, but this is like the thumb rest and where it's placed and the octave key and, but, you know, and the palm keys and the, they call it the pinky table and the way it's designed, and all these rods, and how that's I, designed, you know? you see it like, you know, a steam engine? We're, you're blowing steam in that, and steam coming out as it's playing, you yes. know? It's, <laughs> yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely my baby. And yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, yeah, it may look like it's it's aged, but it's beautiful. It's actually oh, really ages that 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 makes it gives it the character. Yeah. So yeah. this so Nikki, um, 
I don't want to take up too much of your time, but there's always this question that I've wanted to ask you. And um, again, I can edit because we're pre-recording. When you write human, you write capital H, capital U, man, human. And I was curious, why do you capitalize the H and the U when you write that? Because you do it consistently. Yeah, I do it consistently. Well, it has to do with sound. You all appreciate this one. You know how they use the sound om in uh, in India, throughout India, and now it's used worldwide, the sound. And when you chant that sound, you feel something happening in your body. You feel an energy happening in your body from coming low to coming high and out because it's a movement of frequency. Sound and frequency and light are inter, uh, mingled. The word that was said to be closest to God, the word of God or source or uh, the, the single point, if you like, the point of the Big Bang, whatever you like in whatever way, source, what, where everything comes from, out of, the sound was, was something like, and when you say that, you feel it. Now, you can go onto YouTube and get meditations that are just that sound. Mm -hmm. H-U. Who. There is who. Human, the sound of the one. So what if what if man. we end, what if we ended with you, <coughs> with you doing that? If if you feel up for it, I know you've been having some uh, a few health issues, but if you could, ooh, if you want to sing that, and let me play just very short a little music, and we just interact, and then we'll call it a. I won't be able to because I've I've got this flu type thing. I get it once every five years, and I happen to have it now. That's why I'm struggling a bit and uh i'll start coughing if i if i say it long what if i played a song for you like just something short would you be okay with that yeah sure love love to love it are you sure yeah absolutely okay absolutely. so um i i want to thank <coughs> in case this doesn't go well meaning my song for nikki i want to say thank you Mr. Nikki, Dr. H Nikki Mead for being a uh, Hamid, uh, for being on the show. And if you don't know him, I'll put some links below, but you can find him on Facebook mostly. And then on this podcast and also with Todd, what's his name? You've been on his uh, show quite a bit. Medina, Medina. Todd Medina and uh, other great people throughout the internet. And uh, I love you so much, sir. I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you. I was hoping Glenn would make a cameo appearance, man. All right. I yeah. was hoping she would like walk through the room and be like, you know, what's up, Andrew? But she's you know. got she's gone out shopping as ladies do. Right. Oh my God. Oh, and your chauvinist. Great. All right. So yeah. I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna play a little uh, I'm gonna play a song specifically written for Nikki right now. Sound check. Cool. <laughs> 
Thank you, sir. Thank you for being here and have a beautiful day. And I hope that you're, um, whatever you're feeling health wise, I hope that it's all, yeah. you know, big, big hug to you, big hugs to you. And thank you everybody for joining us and love always love. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of constant Constance. Tune in every week for new conversations. And if you want even more, check out Andrew's Patreon for more exclusive content and additional conversations. Hosted and produced by Andrew D'Angelo. Edited and mixed by Lucy Little. Original music by Andrew D'Angelo and Maximilian Moore D'Angelo. Intro is Henrietta Weeks. Thanks so much. See you next time. You fucking yeah, you fucking rocked it. Like she doesn't she doesn't know she says podcast, right? (laughs) Like she doesn't even